Hey, what's up, y'all? This is AJ. This is Bryce. And we are Filter, Filter No Filter, Filter Brothers. Brothers. And today's topic is the second episode of BDSM. We're going to go deeper in the pool. Oh, we're going to just go ahead and dive all the way in. We have an expert with us tonight. And when I say expert, I mean a founder of, of what we consider this forbidden zone area. Like legendary? Le- legendary. Legends Ball. And he came in with a bag. I want to know what's in this I, bag. I know. We can't wait to find out. So we have with us, we have Uncle Ron. Daddy Ron. I like he, Daddy. He goes by a lot of different names. So I'm going to call him Uncle because I don't know if I'm going to call him Daddy. So, so, so what is your official <laughs> what is your official title? In, in terms of the leather community? Yes. Leather, BDSM. What is your... Like, what do people call you the most? Daddy. Daddy. What does that mean? Wait a minute. So people just walk up to you and say, Daddy. And, hey, and Daddy. Are there more than one Daddy, or are you just the Daddy? Uh, there's more than one. I mean, there are a lot of people are da- that are Daddies. I okay. mean, I, since I've matured, okay. um, I get that much more. Okay. Um, but it's a, um, a thing where people... I mean, I let people call me what they want. Okay. You know, there's some people that call me Uncle Ron. Lenny calls me Uncle Ron. Okay. Um, There are people call me Daddy. You know, I have somebody that calls me Mr. Ron. Okay. Um, So it really doesn't matter to me one way or the other. But it all has a a title, a pronoun of kind of being in charge. It can. Um, I think that, that socially when people do that, it's just more in terms of, of, of... my experience and my age much more than anything else now you know sexually you know people call me daddy sometimes people call me sir mm-hmm. um not real comfortable with master because i'm really not a master mm-hmm. um and i think if there was a, a term that i felt more comfortable with it would be daddy okay, okay so we're talking about the leather scene <clears throat> because we recently talked about S&M. So talk to us about the difference between leather, S&M, do they go together, not? What, what, what's, talk it's, to us about that world. It's all part of the same wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, because when people talk about leather, they think about, well, typically they think about BDSM, kink, and things like that. But people can be into leather, leather as a fetish, wearing leather like the guy that you had on last week he was talking about sitting on that motorcycle mm-hmm. and the, the leather seat hitting his taint and, you mm-hmm. know, he, he actually came without touching himself. Now, you said, okay, so a lot of people don't know what these little initials mean. So you said BDSM. Yes. So explain that to us for us new, newbies. Well, BDSM, BD means bondage and degradation. Okay. And then SM is sadomasochism. Okay. So bondage is ropes being tied up. Yes. Not being able to move. That's a part of it. Bondage could also be mental. Um, Where you don't allow people to... They get in that mindset where they only respond to certain things and and certain people, anything outside of that, they can't. I mean, and that would be the agreement. And it's a a whole psychological um, dynamic. Wow. Interesting. Um, and then degradation, you know, people like to be degraded. Like he was talking about lighting, enjoying getting slapped. Okay. And as a sub. Now, for some people, that would be degrading enough that that would, would, would you know, light their fire. And for him, it sounds like it was it was a turn off for him to be able to, to be in that position, to be on his knees, you know, getting his face slapped. And when I was listening to the... Uh, podcast. He was talking about getting slapped in his face, and in my mind, I said, like, "Yeah, you probably get some daddy or some sir take his dick and just slap you in the face with it." Ooh. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, so I wasn't. So thinking wait a minute. The, de- the dick. degradation has a stimulus component to it. Oh yeah, for both people. For both people. The po- the person who's given the degradation. Yes. And the person who's receiving it. Yes. Interesting. Now we heard about safe words. So can we ask you what your safe word is? It depends on the situation and the person. Oh, you have different safe words. Mm-hmm. Give okay. us an example of what. Um. <laughs> Come on, Uncle Ron. Come quads. <laughs> Come quads. Come quads. 
Wait a minute, you slapping me and then I say come quiet and you stop? Well, but think about it because <laughs> if you're in that scene and you're in that headspace, somebody says come quiet, you're gonna stop because it's like, well, where the hell did that come from? That is so exactly what I was thinking. Okay. What it shocks you back to reality. It's what it's supposed to do. Okay, it interesting. So that's why you use those kind of words. Oh, okay, give me another one. That was hot. I mean, you can you can make your own up. You could say um, Rice Krispies. Oh my gosh. Um, wow, you know, but typically people try to keep them in 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 the scenario in the sexual scene. So, like he said, purple, mm -hmm. you know, and if you're looking at the hanky coat, purple is is means a certain thing, um, or red or yellow. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of times people have the you know like the the red, green, and yellow. Red is a hard stop. Yellow is kind of you know I'm, I'm getting to that point where I'm ready to stop. Green is like go full on. Ooh, oh, um, okay. So, <coughs> wow. really just, so excuse me. That just I think the thing you remember. The thing you remember. Not too many things make you choke. Is there? <laughs> there are general rules, but all these things really have to be designed for the people who are involved in the interaction and the dynamic. Right. Because it really is a very personal thing, and I think sometimes people get into this idea that because you're into certain things this is the way it has to be well if you're into certain things it really has to work out you have to work that out between you and who you're interacting with and you know it's it's important to have and they call it negotiation where you sit down you talk about the scene you talk about what you want you talk about your expectations and you really have to get to some level of comfort with the person that you're playing with to be able to enjoy it and because I've had people approach me online and it's like well I, I want you to, to flog me you know I want you to, to, to you know destroy my ass and just this whole list of things and I'm like you know I don't know you so that's probably not gonna happen now can you tell us about your first experience because that's always interested me how did you get into this oh god um, Well, again, I mean, I think about kink, and you think about leather. I mean, I didn't get what does those. kink mean? Just out of sex is out of the ordinary. Okay, so not the regular heterosexual. It's not the missionary position. Norm. I'm going to bring you flowers and candy, and we're going to sit and talk about our feelings and things like. Okay, that. Okay, so that's what it's not. What is it? Uh, Anything that falls outside of what you would consider uh, the norm. Norm, norm sex. So, so like kissing feet or licking underarm, would that be considered kinky? That, for some people, that's kinky. Okay. Um, my first experience with kink, Okay. When, and again, I was, what, 14 years old, so I really didn't have a word for it. Okay. Um, oh, we about to get the store. 14. But I had, yeah, and I had a friend in my hometown. Um and our families knew each other. Um, and, Kissing cousins. And we... <laughs> the boy next door. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Um, he introduced me to some things that I didn't know existed. Was he 14? He was either 12 or 13, actually. He was oh, younger. He was younger than me. And more experienced. I mean, what city was this? Mansfield, Ohio. Oh, oh. Mansfield. You gotta watch Isn't that where the prison is? That's where the cows are. You gotta watch In the prison. Them. Yeah. yeah and right. I heard it's one Waffle House. Mm. There wasn't a Waffle House there when I was growing up. <laughs> wow. But it was some kink it was in some that neighborhood. So, so, wait a minute. He, so, let me just ask you this, though. Because that was back then. Was uh -huh. there a lot of people of color? Was this a person of color? Or? He was a person of color. Okay, so go ahead with this story. He's younger than you. You're 14. And he's being kinky. He's you. being kinky. So what do you Well, doing? what we understand to be kinky now, back then, right. I didn't know what it was. And, and so the, the thing that we got into, we got into water sports, but we also got into piss fucking. Really? Whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute. I know what water sports mean. That means you're getting peed, peed on. on. Right. But you said piss fucking. Okay, well, okay, explain, explain that, that. To what, what is that? It's exactly what it sounds like. You're fucking and you're peeing while you're fucking somebody. You piss, you're fucking somebody and you piss in their ass and you fuck them even harder. Because my, I can't pee when I'm fucking. So how does that, how does that work? We're going to have to call a doctor because I, I, I thought it I'm cut off. I'm going to ask my doctor. Right. 
Well, you know, you stop and you allow yourself to relax a little bit. Okay. And once you start, because even when you, when you, after you've come, everybody has to pee. True. True. And you're still hard when you go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Right. You and gotta so hold it you down. have to stand there uh-huh. and you have to kind of relax a little bit. And, you know, the flow comes slowly. Um, and you just let nature take its course. Okay. Now, this was, okay, you were 14. I was 14. And he was younger. He was younger. He introduced me to that. You know, I'm not sure that he introduced me to it. I think we figured it out as we were exploring each other's bodies because we got into rimming. I mean, it was, I, and when I think about it now, I'm like, we did a lot of stuff that I You was 12, he was 14, and y'all did know. He was 14. 14. Right. And he was younger. But, so this was not your first encounter. It was over a couple encounters. We fooled around for like three years. Wow. Where is he now? Dead. Oh, wow. Well, okay, so this carried on just for that time while you was in Mansfield, or did y'all? Just while I was in Mansfield. Because I went off to college. I mean, I went off to college. He was still in high school. Wow. Probably he was, introducing somebody else to it. <laughs> he, was a, he was a super young freak. Right. He's a BDSM. So wait, oh, okay. So out of BDSM, what are you? What what role or title do you take out of that? You mean my bondage person or their Yes. Guy? Which one are you? Or which are you all of them? I'm um, the yellow of the above. I mean, it, it, it's a continuum. I mean, I can, I can, I, I'm not really into bondage. Mm-hmm. I don't like being tied up. I don't okay. like being restrained. I Do just, you tie people? Rope bondage is just tedious to me. I just okay. like it. Just like drive nails in my eyes. I'd rather do that than do tie somebody up. Got it. Um, but as far as restraints, mm-hmm. I mean, like whether it's wrist restraints or I can take rope and I can like tie secure people's hands behind their back. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a pair of handcuffs, and I still have them somewhere. I still have a key, um, so I, I could do that. Um, you can um, use um, handkerchiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use just about anything. But I'm really not a I'm not a bondage person. Okay, so you're not B. You're not D. Or are you D? Oh, I I can you know consider it dirty talk. Okay. You know, so you can talk to somebody, you know, you're, you know, some guys enjoy being called bitch. I'm not really particularly a fan of that, but, um, you know, cocksucker, mm. um, you know, just really demeaning, degrading things. And, and it's not just a turn on, but it, it, as you're talking to that person and if you're paying attention, you can see their energy changing and feel their energy change. So what, cause what they're trying to do is to get into that sub head space. Mm-hmm. And if you're paying attention, you know when they're there. When they're there, that's when the fun starts. So that's like psycho, psychological. It's psychological. Wow. Not just physical. So, okay, so we, we have your first experience or introduction. And then when you went off to college, after having this experience in high school, did you dabble more when you were in college? Four years I was in college, I had no sex. Wait a minute, bad. Whoa, whoa, stop the train. What do you mean, no sex? I had no sex. No sex. I did not you have went sex. from doing no, all this none. to four years of nothing. Well, I shouldn't say nothing with no one. With no one. I mean, wow. Hand jobs. Well, I figured own, you were yeah. talking about hand jobs, but no one. How, how? Okay. Well, I went from Mansfield, and the guy that I played around with, um, he was black. Okay. I went to college at Miami University. Okay. I didn't know any the other Ivy black League. gay person, people. Right. And I was surrounded by white people. Okay. And this was in the early 70s. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so interracial sex was just kind of like still Forbidden. taboo. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just a, a, a situation where it just became legal for interracial marriage, what, 1967? Oh, yeah. Wow. And so that was between men and women. So the idea of, of men, a black man and a white man having sex, it was just... It, it was too much for me. I just, I couldn't think about it. And I didn't want to get kicked out of school. Okay. I mean, so I just really kind of, of, of self-pleasured for four years. Let me put it that way. Well, you so, know what? We, we want to get, I want to get to more to the psychological stimulation of BDSM and the leather fetish. So we're going to take a quick commercial break and we're going to come back and get Daddy Ron's answers to those questions. 
call him daddy. I'm going to stay with uncle for now. I think by the end of the segment, I may be calling him daddy because he's going to teach us some new tricks. So now you were talking about the experience in, in college of four years of not having any kind of sexual activity. And you d- dove into that. So after college. Well, the other part I didn't add that three of those four years, I was an RA in an all-male dormitory. So for three years, I was surrounded with testosterone-driven young men. And no one tried nothing with you. Remember, I was, I was at Miami University. I get that. I'm thinking like you're the black buck. You know, I don't think people really thought about that way back then. Yes, they did. They thought about when we were slaves. They wanted to see the well, people. Well, they might have, but I, the people that I knew didn't think about that and at least as far as I know and it might have just gone over my head because I really wasn't you know that really I shouldn't say that wasn't my focus because certainly there was enough nights that I you know went home and beat off that I was thinking about it but okay. at the same time it just it, it just felt too risky for me so I didn't do it okay so after that experience of going to college and you graduating and you moving on how how much longer did it take for you to go back since you had an experience when you was a teenager to dive back into it and uh, uh, well, but I didn't, anything that was considered kinky to you at the time. Well, I it was all sex to me, so I didn't okay. really consider it kinky. I didn't I even. Did we talk about the piss fucking? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we talked. About I knew that. we talked about it before the tape started. Uh-huh. I wasn't sure we talked about it on tape. Yeah, that, but, that was on tape. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um, I didn't think of that as kinky. I mean, I, I just, guess not. If you're I doing really, it at fourteen, I, I, I really just didn't. Um, the next time that I encountered anything that was remotely um, kink related, I had, it had to be like, 19, when did Roots come out? 76, 77? Uh-huh. I just finished watching Roots. Okay. I mean, in fact, it was still on television. Okay. And I met this guy, and a white guy, um, at one of the bars, and I can't remember which one it was. Um, and he came back to my apartment. I lived right over here off of Westwood Northern Boulevard, actually. Okay. Um, and he came into my apartment, and he says, I'm going to be the master, and you're going to be the slave. I had not heard anything about BDSM, any of that kind of stuff at the time. So my mind instantly went to, you know, Kunti Kente and getting right. his foot cut off. And I'm just standing there, sitting there looking at him like, what? Okay. Um, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be the master, and you're going to be the slave. And, you know, curious. I mean, it's like, well, let's see where this goes. Literally. He checked my teeth. I mean, he went through this whole thing of of like treating me like a slave, and I'm you know. So I'm, he probably saw roots too. I think he saw roots too, but I wasn't when I was watching it. I wasn't thinking about sex. Right. I was thinking about you know my people. Right. Um, you didn't punch him in the face. I didn't know to punch him in the face. Were you stimulated? I was curious. Okay. Um, and then, and this is the funny part because we talked about piss fucking. Um, he said, you know, you're going to go in the bathroom and you're going to drink my piss. Now, I had not done water sports on that level at that point. Okay. So that was, that was the hard stop for me. Okay. Like, Did you have a safe word? Get the fuck out. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, because he came to your place. He came to my place. Right. Yeah, wow. and, you know, and at the time, I didn't know anything about safe words. I didn't mean mm-hmm. this was all new to me. Um, and then, you know, and he left and then there was another daddy that I met at the, at the Friars Club. You can grow up here. Mm -mm. You grew up here. What's the Friars Club? Friars Club used to be up in Clifton on, in the corner of Ohio and McMillan. Okay. Uh Um, and it was a Jesuit, um, I don't know, we'll call it a retreat house, but that's where a lot of the brothers lived. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rumor was, and it was more than a rumor, you could actually go up there and you could swim naked and people would fool around. It, it was kind of like an unofficial bathhouse. Oh, wow. Um, so then it had a gym. You could go there and work out. People would swim naked and things like that. And I would go there. I was there working out. And I met this daddy, um, lived over in Clifton, and took me home and turned me on to nipple play. Okay. Um, okay, so that's like beginning stages. Beginning stages. So just these, you know, these gradual slow, things, okay. a little slow build up and things like that. Um, and then I'm trying to remember. Wait a minute, nipple play. So he played with your nipples or you played with his? He played with mine. He's the daddy. So okay, I, I, was, the daddy. I was the sub. Okay. So, so, you know, I was, I was the bottom. So I was the one that was uh, 
servicing him. So did he? Did you lick his nipples or? Pull Are you on twisted on? his nipples? No, twisted he twisted mine. He okay. twisted yours. Bit Got them, it. and I had no idea that was that it? was even a thing. Did it feel good? Oh my god! He had to put a pillow over my mouth because I was screaming so loudly because I was just that turned on. Really? Wow! Oh yeah. Yeah. Nipple side. play. Yeah. Mm. So, okay, so you go from piss fucking, <laughs> and then you, to, to me, in my mind, it's like you go backwards and you go to nipple play, which I think you should have started nipple play first, <laughs> and then the piss fucking, but you went from piss fucking at 14, and yeah. then you're, you're 19 or 20, and then you go to nipple play? I was 23 or 24 at the time. And went to nipple play. That's good. That's, that's a good progression. Okay, wait a minute. Okay, but he said something I thought, to me, was kind of... Interesting is that when you went to the when the one guy came to your house right when Roots was coming out, had you personally seen Roots? I was watching the series. Yeah. Okay, so how did it make you feel as a black man? Well, that, I think there was a curiosity there, but then there was also the part of me that was just like, you know, I'm not sure I'm liking this just because I'm not your slave, you know. I, I, you know, and and the and the um, checking my teeth was pretty much like. Really degrading, huh? It was degrading, but it wasn't degrading. It wasn't erotically degrading. Okay. But at the same time, I didn't know enough about that part of of sex life Mm -hmm. and also about that part of me sexually. Right. uh, To understand what was going on because it was really confusing. And, you know. So it must have been pretty attractive. Well, I wanted dick. Okay. So I was going to hang out there until I got what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Until it came to the part of my drinking his piss and it was like not happening mm. so how did you get educated on bdsm and the whole leather life like where did you learn this stuff as i different experiences different experiences different people um i had always had some curiosity about you know with with learning piss fucking early on it was like i want to do that again oh you like that oh Okay. Oh, you still like that? Oh, okay. Y'all should see his face when he say this. <laughs> he is turned on just by saying it. Okay. No, not this. I can stand up. Piss oh, fucking. There's no. Okay. <laughs> there's no tenting. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> now, so throughout through this educational process that you went through, far as learning these different experiences, and it brought you to where you became. A founder, is that a correct way to say? Founder or... Oh, that was... I was... Well, that was in my 20s with those things. I did not really become involved in the leather community until I was in my 50s. Oh, okay. So it was a gap. There A big gap. Okay. So the leather, leather community means what? What is that community? People who are into the into leather, kink, BDSM, and things like that. And that's a community here in Cincinnati. There's yes, there's a community. Is here there in a website? Is there a phone number? Like how do you well, there's learn different, about it? There's okay. different groups. There, I mean, there's Scorpius of Cincinnati. They're 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 the leather club here. Mm. I'm glad you said that because I'm actually like leaving out some things. There were leather clubs at the time. The original one was Sin City Leather, and that was uh, late '70s, and they used to hang out down at the old Spurs down on A Street. Okay. And that's how I actually got introduced to the leather community because they would have bar nights and things like that. And, you know, and then it was more the, um, like, backroom kind of stuff, like getting sucked off in the bathrooms. They didn't do a lot of flogging and that kind of stuff. And I heard about the play parties that these guys would have. But at the time, and this is where you were asking me about race, um, because at the time... You got asked to join leather clubs as opposed to them being open memberships. Okay. And so that particular club, um, there was only one uh, black man, and his name was Gaylord, um, that was in that club. And I remember him because whenever I would walk in that bar, he always made it a point. I mean, we didn't, we did not have sex, we did not fool around, um, but he always made it a point to come up to me in the bar and to check on me to make sure that I was okay. So wow. everybody else was white. You two were black. We were black. In the club. Right. So was it welcoming or was it, what, what was that like? It was, I mean, people weren't unfriendly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you could tell I was like 
a deer caught in headlights when I walked in there. Because mm-hmm. I mean, these were like, you know, big, I mean, there was one guy, I remember Jack Vanderite, I mean, he was like, like built like a brick shit house, mm-hmm. big, hairy. You, you're not, you all know, might not be old enough to remember Clint Walker or Cheyenne. Mm-mm. No. No. Before no. my time. Before our time. You know, I'm 18. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm 20. Look him up. But, you know, big We should Google him? You should Google him. Was he him. a porn star or something? Or no, what? no. It was, Cheyenne was a Western on television. Okay. Oh, God. I, didn't, I didn't like Western movies. No, so big man, big old Adam's apple, big hair. I mean, broad-chested man. And, and, and he always walked around without a shirt on, he had these tight pants on, you know, and, and like, oh, you know, wow. dick print and all that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. So on this, TV? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, we'll have to Google that. him. Yeah. Anybody who want to know who he is, what's his name? Clint Walker. Clint Walker. Clint Walker. Google him. Yeah. Um, Check out his print. Yeah, I mean, they used to do that all the time in Westerns. They'd be out there, <laughs> like, um, um, chopping wood without their shirt on, the sweat's dripping off of them and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. And there's, you know, 10-year-old Ron... But Cincinnati seems so conservative, conservative. you know. I, I'm surprised that they had places like these. Well, you know, Cincinnati's conservatism, conservatism ebbs and flows. Because mm-hmm. the 80s, actually, it was, we had actually a very thriving gay community here. I mean, lots of things were going on. Mm-hmm. We had parties. You know, when you think about some of the, the like, Caracol, and I think at the time, well, at the time it was... Um, I can't remember what it was before. AVOC, then it became Stop AIDS. So, you know, even though HIV was happening at the time, um, there were, I mean, gay pride parades. I mean, we had speakers. I mean, there there was a thriving community. And it wasn't until the the Article 12, uh, where where they passed the ordinance that made it legal to discriminate against people in Cincinnati, and it was actually in the city charter, that after that passed, it went dead. It went silent. Uh, we had one of our researchers do some Googling, and they pulled up the picture, so I'm going to look at it and examine. And you can see a bulge. Let's see. Let's see. He's very hairy, um, very chisel-cut face. What's his name? Clint Walker. Clint Walker. We just Googled him, and he is hairy. He's thick. Yeah, those, yeah he's, a, he's a thick brother. Okay. He's so a we, linebacker. So now we know who he is. But the leather community in Cincinnati kind of progressed from the 70s. What is it like now? Well, again, it ebbs and flows over the years. And, you know, there was a, there was a down period. And I think about 2000 and... Well... I mean, we had, well, I started with talking about Sin City, and then after Sin City kind of went away, then we had Chaps, Cincinnati Chaps, which was a whole other leather club. And then after Cincinnati Chaps, there was the Tri-State Wolf Pack. Mm -hmm. And again, those were all leather clubs that it was by invite only. And then after, and and they never really went away. They just kind of stopped going out the bars. It became more groups of people got together and went out to dinner, that kind of stuff. Now, Uh, is it a correlation between motorcycle clubs and leather clubs? They can be one and the same, but not necessarily. I don't know that Cincinnati has ever really had a motorcycle club, per se. Okay. Um, um, That was big on the West Coast. That was big on, like, West Coast, Chicago. Mm -hmm. We had them here? Yeah. Gay clubs? Gay motorcycle clubs? Okay. Because um, I thought you were talking about gay motorcycle clubs. You were just well, I was just a motor because I, I was watching some documentary that just came out on Netflix and they were talking about um, different things. They were talking about how um, the leather club came from motorcycle clubs per se, and I just thought that was interesting. I just watched it this week because it just I think it just came out this week. Well, I think the idea came from that because when when this people were returning from World War Two, exactly that's exactly what they were the talking coast. about. Yes, yeah. um, you know, and at the time. Gay people were seen as, and really kind of defined themselves as being effeminate, particularly men, you know, and they were very much into that, the roles of, you know, masculine or feminine mm-hmm. and, and those types of things. And I think after serving in the military, when people went to the, <coughs> excuse me, coast, um, they wanted to eschew all that. And it was kind of like, I want to define who I am and right. who we are just based on our, our, our masculinity and those types of things. 
And so they picked up those images, and you know, and they've come back from the war. Right. So they 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 had that energy and they had that mentality. So um, they kind of redefined what it meant to be gay. Okay. And so by adopting the motorcycle look, and James Dean was really popular mm-hmm. at the time, yeah. and, and Marlon yeah. Brando, and Rebel Without a Cause, and all those types of things. But you know, but if you notice, you don't have black people involved in that. You don't. I mean, they weren't part of that 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 um, that image. They weren't part of that picture or things like that. So, um, so do you think this culture is uh, kind of separate as far as black and white goes, or do the two cultures mix when it comes to leather and BDSM? Is it time for a break? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You're on the hot seat. Um, do they mix? Or do they mix well? And remember, this is an audience who is probably just getting familiar with BDSM. And, you know, Cincinnati is only one of the cities. But does that culture, the two cultures mix when it comes to leather and, and BDSM? So you're talking about the black community and the, the, bla- gay, the black, black and white, gay community? black and white gay community. Do they mix well in this? And this is filter, no filter, right? Yeah, yes. filter, no filter. <laughs> I mean, everybody know who Daddy Ron is. So, 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 okay. How about this? How about we let you think about that think for about a moment? That, how to answer and that when question, we come back from our break, because it sounds like you want to be politically correct, but we don't want the politically correct answer. Right. Mm-hmm. Give it to us straight. We want you filter, to just go ahead. No filter. Okay. All so right. we'll be right back. And we'll get the answer to our question. Okay. BDSM. And um, he, we have a question on the table. What is the cultural implications between black and white gays and the leather scene? Well, you know, it, that, that's an interesting question because I think that's been a, a um, changing dynamic. Um, because the more that African-Americans become involved with the leather community, the white people in the community have really had to confront their privilege and their racism. Mm. And so having to have those dialogues and having to have those discussions, you know, I think uh, the black people in the community are pushing back against the, the fetishization of black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and people don't quite know how to handle that. Um, and so it, it, I'll just say it's an interesting time. And I think people are learning how to have a dialogue that probably should have been, we should have been having for a long time. And I think we're just now getting to the point where we're able to, to figure out the words that are useful to, to kind of move beyond that. Mm-hmm. But I also think that that racism is so embedded, I mean, it is in the bone marrow of our culture that unfortunately, I'm not gonna live to see that eradicated. And I don't think you all are gonna see that eradicated either. I mean, it's it's gonna take generations. But I'm really surprised that, that, you know, sex and the whole theory of leather and, and BDSM, that you have those kind of separate entities when it comes to sex. Well, you think about what BDSM is. You're talking about degra- uh, you know, uh, bondage, degradation and, and bondage stuff. And so when you were talking with the gentleman last week and he was talking about there are black people who just are like, no, I can't do that just because mm-hmm. they start thinking about our ancestors and mm-hmm. slave days and things like that. And it's like, well, it's not even so much our ancestors. I mean, you can bring it up to yesterday and there's still a lot of racism that right. goes on in our culture. You know, the, just the, the, the treatment of black people, you know, the killing of black people, mm-hmm. how, how we, we, we talk about race and how we depict black people. Um, and so I think for a lot of people, and particularly people of color, you know, making sure that we aren't a fetish. Mm-hmm. Because I run into that in my own relationship where, you know, you're kind of running, you know, talking with people and you're having fun, going out and things like that. But people, you get to that point where it's going to come up. I mean, and, and, it, and it should come up because it's something that, need, that needs to be talked about. But people avoid that conversation because, number one, they don't want to appear racist. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, 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 
I think in, in today's world, we always, we, we try to look at the things that indicate that we aren't racist. So you think about those extremes, you know, think about cross burnings and things like that, but there's so many subtle things that mm-hmm. go on that, that people aren't even aware. And, you know, and it's a dialogue, it's a dynamic mm-hmm. that I think that everybody plays a part in, not just white people, but black people too, because we've grown right. up in a racist culture. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and to give you an example of something that, that, that kind of changed my perspective on this, um, you know, we talk about inclusion and diversity, and, and um, in 2013, I was the parade marshal for the Gay Pride Parade. Um, and they called me and told me, and, it, and I was a co-marshal, and they called me and told me that um, the, pers- the other person, a, a, young, a young woman, um, you know, she was 30 years old, she'd been involved with Stonewall for 10 years and things like that. Well, she was going to be the person that led the parade. And I was going to follow her. And I just sat there and I started to do the math. And I'm like, so she's 30 years old. She's been involved with Stonewall. And you're going to let her lead the parade based on her quote unquote qualifications. And I sat there and I thought to myself, I have been out longer than she's been alive. And, you know, I've done X, Y, and Z in terms of just my involvement in the community. Um, So... I just thought, you know, I'm tired of sitting in the back of this. I'm si- tired of sitting in the, in the second seat. Mm-hmm. And so I called the guy who was the, the, the coordinator at the time of, of the parade. I said, we need to have a conversation. And I wasn't mad. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how the conversation was going to go because it's like, if he said yes, that'd be great. If he said no, then I would have to decide what I was going to do. But it was a conversation that we needed to have. And I sat down and I looked at him and I said, you know... I just have a real problem with this just because, you know, number one, you know, when you look at these things, you always see white people leading the parade and you're, you're telling me that because she's younger and I'm older that, you know, that she has more value than I do. And I'm like, and I'm not saying I'm more valuable than she is, but even just in terms of, of equity and being able to, to change the paradigm. And I said, now here's, here's an opportunity for you to be able to change this paradigm. Mm -hmm. And he understood it, and I also approached you from the standpoint of, because in the 70s and the 80s, in larger cities, the leather contingent would lead the parades. They'd have dykes on bikes. They'd have the leather, you know, the leather crowd leading the parade. I said, we could do that in Cincinnati, so here's this opportunity to do that. Um, and, and did so they go for it? They went for it. Okay. He went for it. <clears throat> the day of the parade... They were, you know, his committee was not having it. I mean, they were still trying to, to, to make sure that she got in the front car and I was in the second car and, and I was, you know, sitting in the back of this convertible and I'm, you know, being like a church elder. It's like, don't you let them get in front of us. You get up there and we make sure that they don't get in front of us. Um, and the love of the community really didn't leave the parade because according to the, the um, contract with the city, the police department, then the fire department, and then it was the other community. That was mm-hmm. that was the agreement that they had with the, with the uh, protections that they had the police department there. Um, so that was a conversation, and then during that same weekend, um, you know, and part one of the things that I do is I'm a photographer, and so I wanted to take a picture of the group, and so I stepped out of the group, and I got my camera, and I was standing there, and just it how many years have I been doing this? All of a sudden it struck me. It's like, fuck, I'm the diversity. There was not a, there was not a black person in there. Wow. And I'm like, you know, you're the, you're the, the coordinator, the producer and the owner of Tri-State Leather. Mm-hmm. We talk about being a diverse group of people and I'm taking a picture of nothing but white men. And it's like, this, I can't do this. I mean, this, this, this is not, walking the walk or talking the talk this is like this is this is window dressing and this needs to happen this needs to be different and so how is it different today well for me or for for For, for us in the community how is bdsm leather community today is it more integrated is it mostly white because to me it's, it's just something that you know, I'm not into, and I know a lot of other African Americans might not be into that. People mingle more, mm-hmm. 
I'm not sure how integrated it is, if that makes any sense. Because, you know, there's there's the white definition of, of diversity and then there's the black definition of right. diversity. And so I'm going for the black definition of diversity where you have you actually have a lot of black people, mm -hmm. not just one or two. You know, you have a, a black person, a lighter skinned black person, an Asian and a woman, mm -hmm. and you have 25 white people and, you know, that's diversity. Right. Mm -hmm. um, no, I, I want it to be, you know, if it's not 50-50, 60-40, but 60-40 is swinging the way for people of color as opposed to the other way around. Mm -hmm. um, and so that, that, that's been a little bit of a struggle. Um, and I think like the guy was talking about last in your last podcast, um, when, you, when people think of, of, of slavery and mm -hmm. just how uh, black people have been treated, there, there's a reluctance to play with people outside of the race. I mean, we, we can talk about race play, I mean, because that, that's a fetish mm -hmm. for people. Um, Ra okay, with race play as a fetish. Mm -hmm. Okay, give me some more information on that. Race play as a fetish where you, well, you know, Dom Sub, typically how it works, well, I shouldn't say it that way because my experience with it has been more that, you know, the, the, the white men want to be dominated by black men. Okay. You know, so that happens more than not, in your experience. In my, that happens more than the other way around. Okay. Let me put it that way. And, and I think that the other way around, where the black man or woman um, or whatever um, or whoever is the, is the sub and the white person is the dom, I think it probably happens more often than not, but people just don't talk about it that much. Really? Oh, okay. It's kind of taboo. Um, okay. Because that's interesting because one of our future podcasts, we're, we're going to be dabbling in interracial couples. Okay. And we're actually titling it Fucking the Master. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might want to go rework that title. Because <laughs> well, because that, that kind of sets up a picture already that well, I think is a little unfair. Well, but that's the way we want to kind of swing. Okay, well, that's your show you do. You but, do. But, but there seems to be some type of psychological uh, component to this whole BDSM and leather. There is. There and is. and what, what is the attraction? People are, it's not just a physical, it's, it's mental. Can you talk a little bit about the mental attraction or stimulation that comes from leather and the BDSM? Well, it's like anything that turns you on. I mean, if you, you if there's something that you really, really enjoy, like when you were doing the interview earlier and Greg looked at you and said, you're like a little kid. Mm -hmm. You were doing something that you really, really enjoy mm -hmm. and it opens your mind up and it opens up your energy to all kinds of things and you, and you just become a different person. And so when you're in, in, in a scene or you're about to, to enter into a scene with, with a person and it's something that you really enjoy, it, it, it sets that chemical reaction up in your brain where you relax, you, your guard comes down, you're more open to the energies that are, that are, 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 uh, that are available to you. Um, think about it like painting. You know, think about it like you're, you're painting with energy. You're, you're, you're using the energy between you and this other person to create this experience for both of you that you have to be able to, to, to connect mentally. You have to be able to connect emotionally. And you really have to be able to connect physically. You know, sex is a, is a, is a multi-layer experience. It's taste, it's smell, it's sound, it's, it's all that stuff. And when you can... can um, conduct that orchestra to make the music that you want, that's when the magic happens. And it sounds like this is orchestrated. You said a scene. So this means you have, you and your, the other person have a script and you actually talk about what's going to happen before it happens. You have the, the opportunity to sit down and talk about what you want to experience. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you know, scenes are, are, you know, there's a million of them. Um, and, you know, you and I could talk about a scene and you and I could talk about the same scene, but your experience with that scene and your experience with that scene and my experience with that scene between the two of you would be very, very different just because just you're different people, you have different mindsets about that, you have different life experiences that you're bringing to the table. And I think that the other thing to remember with that is that, that you know, we talk about these scenes and, 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 and activities 
they can be very therapeutic. Uh, one of, I'm, I'm trained as a, a therapist, and one of the things we used to do in college were role plays. And so role plays are those, those things where you sit down and, and you, you take on um, the role of the therapist and the counselor, and so you, you create this, this impromptu script. Um, and so, and then after the, the five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever, um, then you have the moderator or the instructor sit down and ask you what that was like. What were you feeling? You know, how are you, how are you, um, processing that? How are you feeling right now? And, and, you know, when he was talking about aftercare and even during the scene, you sit, you, you have to ask the person questions. You're constantly in contact with them. Most doms, if they're, if they're, uh, doing at least in my mind, what they're supposed to be doing, they're constantly in contact with their sub. Either they're near them, they're touching them, they're talking to them. So there's always that reassurance that that that, that person is there and they're there for them. And so when the, if there, if something comes up, um, if you can um, tell that the energy is changing, you know, you, you check in with your sub to find out, you know, how are you doing, are you okay. And the sub has to be able to, to open up and be honest about what's going on for them so that they can get the pleasure out of the situation, the scenario that, that they came there to get. Oh, that's an interesting topic. What we're going to do is we're going to take one more commercial break and we're going to come back because I want to find out what's in your bag, what type of tools and materials <laughs> are in this culture. And then so we're going to also wrap up with giving them information how they can get into it. Exactly. Be right back. Okay, y'all, we back from break, and we are here with Daddy Ron, mm. and we are looking for his toy bag that he has here. So what's what's in the gift bag? What's in the little gift bag? Well, you know, I brought out the flogger, because you all were talking about this stuff last week, and I think that one of the important things for people to, to do is to just to be able to see this stuff you, you know because when they think about flogging they think about what it's going to feel like and they have this picture in their head but they've never really seen one mm -hmm. or never touched one or experienced one so i thought well i'll just bring a little show and tell so. okay so we briefly talked offline about the difference between a flogger and being paddled because right. i was thinking it was the same thing but they're totally two different things and now that i see this instrument in front of me Wait a minute, it's long and black. It is long and black. It has a wood handle. A nice mahogany handle. Yeah, this and is they're not nice. always leather. Okay, oh, but these long these whips are, these, this are could leather. Be, this could be deer skin. It could be plastic. I've seen plastic floggers. I've seen string floggers. Um, so this is about six inches of wood. And then it has about probably you about twelve. You measured that off for quick. It's in my hand. Okay. And and then it's like twelve to fifteen inches of leather strips on it, and it looks like a whip, kind of. It it reminds me of something like the um like if you remember the Passion of Christ when they were beating oh, Jesus. Gosh. It you has that kind of, yeah, I'm taking the church real quick fast because it reminds you of that. It's exactly See, what I was it trying is. to think of a ponytail. It kind of looks like a Oh, the ponytail well, the girls have? The, the, okay. the weave, yeah. Okay. And yeah. the handle can... Um, it looks like something that can penetrate. Can be work, use as a butt plug. I was looking Oh my at, goodness, that's a big plug. <laughs> that's a small plug. That's a small plug. Mm -hmm. That's well, small. To each that's his own. Too big for me. <laughs> Okay. Okay, so this is a flogger. That's a flogger. Okay. Exhibit one. Okay. And this is a, a, a type of paddle. Oh, wow. And so it's got the double flaps on it. And that's more like sound because, sound. again, when you think about sex and the smell and the taste can and I the hold sound, it? you can touch it after I'm done with it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> All right, Daddy. <laughs> Here, put your hand out. That's what I wanted. So you can do it like that. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, that is stimulating. Yeah, I mean, but you know, and you can do that. <laughs> when you talk about... So, and you do that on the butt, or you do that on... I, I do it on the butt. I do it on the leg. Um, love to pound chest. Okay, just hit me once. Not okay. that baby here. No, that, I need a baby, because I was like, that's too much. I was like, red. <laughs> he ready to fight. I'm, I'm ready to punch you in the face. All right, well, here, give me your hand. Now, I'm going to do it like this. 
Now, does that hurt? No, that's not hurt. Okay. But typically what people do when you are getting into these scenes uh-huh. and you have to get people so that it doesn't hurt. And it so doesn't people hurt. And so people are prepared for it. You kind of condition. So this is green. This is, you condition the skin. Oh, you're saying okay. keep going? And I'm then, saying green right Rice now. is getting beat, y'all. And then when you check in with your sub, uh-huh. you might start to do a little bit more intently. Ooh. Yellow. Okay. <laughs> well, stop playing. And then you stop there with the yellow and you just uh-huh. keep doing like that. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, I'll punch you if you hit red. <laughs> <laughs> stop lying. A little say red. But then, okay, just like but, with that, that level of experience. That right there, you there. kept it right there. But, but then what you can do is you take a break and then you... Oh, caress them. And you caress it. Oh, no. Okay. And you massage Now, them. that could be a turn on for me. And, I love a massage. And then you... With a happy ending. What you're continuing to do is you're continuing to, number one... <laughs> You, you lower the psychological senses, but you're also desensitizing the skin and the body to the pain. I'm so glad we are not on video right now because... Uh, Rice is getting I'm, turned on over here. Uncle Ron has the hand, but AJ has, has the daggone device and he's playing with my nipples at the same time. And then you have caning. Ooh. Oh, wait a minute now. Okay. That seems like some kind of That's Asian like portrait. Well, it's caning. I mean, it, it's bamboo. It's, I was going to say. It's like I have bamboo that grows in my backyard, like all over the place. You have bamboo you have in your ba- backyard? I need some bamboo. Can you bring some bamboo? You can and have it just, as much as you want. I know it's, it spreads by itself. You can have as much it's as you want. But that's coverage. hard wood. But it's excellent coverage. So you, you, you cut it off. So this is a two your foot, backyard. This is a two foot bamboo mm-hmm. stick. Mm-hmm. It's pretty thin, though. It's probably about a quarter of an yeah, inch. Yeah, but it can right. whip. See, I'm light skinned. I can't do that. And you just, you know. And it's, again, it's that sound and it, it, it stings. Yeah, I know it stings. It's wood. And that's sexually pleasurable for some people. It's sexually pleasurable for some people to receive the, the wax. Or it's to sexually give. pleasurable for people to give them. Okay, so we have like three it. toys right here. Okay. And, you've got and they're all three different things, which are quite which, interesting. Which would be considered, all this is considered impact play. Impact. Impact, impact play. Okay. Okay. And impact play can be flogging, it can be paddling, it can be caning. Um, and I didn't bring the, um, my thing with impact play is I like, um, um, peck. Poo? Peck. Peck. Peck chest. punching. Peck. You like to punch people in the chest? Mm-hmm. And with, the, with, and the pecs. With, is that stimulus for with you? With just your fists. With my well, I have boxing gloves. Okay. Um, I so I do that, or I can do it barehanded. I I tend to prefer barehanded because I like the sound. I like the feeling of skin against skin. Mm. Okay. Um, so you like a lot of sound. I'm I like a lot of sound, and okay. I like skin hitting skin. Okay. And this, and then you can. It also gives you the opportunity because you were talking about being light skin. Mm-hmm. So if I'm flogging you, for mm-hmm. instance, and as the top, I would need to pay attention to what your skin is looking like. So okay. if, you, if it starts to turn red, right. then I have to stop and make sure that you're okay. And that's when I might stop and, you know, rub it down and things like that. Or, you know, I might... Do you have alcohol in the room for you can rub yeah, it down with alcohol? I don't want to put alcohol on that. Okay. So because who, if you if the skin is welting uh-huh. and you put alcohol on it, it's probably going to sting. Right. And alcohol dries out the skin. So are these people okay with just getting welts and stuff? I mean, looking like you got... Oh, people wear them proudly. Really? Oh, yeah. And you have people who, you know, and, and in fact, there are times in, in the one uh, sub that I played with, you know, I wanted him to walk away with marks because I wanted him the next day when he went to the gym or if his nipples were sore, I wanted him to remember me. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So, wow. So wait, so when this happens, who is actually in control of what's going on? You have a sub and a dom mm-hmm. and you have these toys who dictates the sub? Okay, so the sub's in charge. The the, the person's the actually getting the whipping. Yes. Interesting, because it seems they like they set the, the pace and they set the tone. Got it. Okay, so all you subs out there, you really do have control, as it should be, because if you're if you're immobilized and you're vulnerable, you've got your hands tied behind your back or wherever, and somebody's hitting you with a flogger, you need to be able to say. No, you need to be able to say stop, and the dom needs to be able to respect that. And wow. That. Okay. Um, now, and I have wrist restraints. Hmm. Okay. Oh. So now we have some leather wrist 
restraints. Wrist or ankle restraint, ankle cuffs. Would this go into the line of having a swing or any of those type of stuff? It's called a sling. A sling. Yes. Sling. Not a swing. Not a swing. Well, straight couples call them swings. Okay. Gay people call them slings. Okay. <laughs> but it's the, the same, same thing. Purpose. No, no, they're not. Swings are very... You, you ever see those little jumpers that... Not really jumpers, but they're the things that... that they use them for babies. They like set them in the babies and they bounce and that oh, kind of yeah. stuff. Those are typically the swings that straight couples use. Okay. Slings are pieces of leather that are, are usually four square and they hang by um, chains on a, on a, um, in a metal frame. Um, and you have and these, and sometimes they do come with these so you can right. attach your wrist uh-huh. to your legs. Um, or if you're getting flogged, you can use these to attach a person's legs and arms to a, a the, the cross, and then that way they're spread eagle, mm-hmm. and so you have access to you. You, you typically when you want to when you flog, you want to avoid the kidneys because you don't want to damage people's kidneys, and you don't want to wrap the the flogger around. The wow. Body. Okay. You, wanna, you know you have an area that you really work with. Okay. Like usually it's the top of the shoulders, um, not around the waist typically. Every once in a while, I've seen people flog on the butt. Um, the slave master should have understood that one. Mm. Well, <laughs> that was a whole different experience. <laughs> then I have, this is called the devil's tongue. The devil's, what is that? It's this long piece of leather. That has a pointed end to it. Remember in high school, and when you were in the shower, and people would take off their towels Towel. yeah. and pop oh, okay, yeah, okay. That's what this is. Okay, oh. let me see this. Let me, Bryce, come here. The devil is a lot. <laughs> Did he just? <laughs> and he's stimulated. <laughs> Did you all hear that? <laughs> I've been in a few ooh, showers before. Ooh, ooh. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to have a mark tomorrow. You might. Um, this is too much show and tear. And here's another. He's type still of bringing flogger. stuff out of this bag. This one's rub. It, it's One, two, three, three four, four five. This, um, this is like bottomless pit, uh, but this is like a rubber little rubber strap that you can, you know, walk around and hit somebody with, and just, you know. Now this is all leather stuff. This looks expensive. It can be. Because this um, doesn't look cheap. Oh, this is hard. And then you, when you have the little mask, so the people. Oh, that's oh. cute. It's a it's a mask that so, you put over your eyes. So it it's keeps leather. you that, that, okay in suspense. And then you have this is what, what we call a ball parachute. A what? A ball parachute. Balls. Balls. So you can. So it's kind of like a cock ring. It's more balls. So you take ball. You 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 tie this around somebody's balls. Okay. And so their balls are hanging out the bottom. Their cock is typically out coming over the top. But there's a chain here that you can hang weights on. You can hang boots. No, no, no. Oh, my put, goodness. Uh, uh, buckets on them and fill them with rocks. <laughs> and and what is the stimulation on that? That's called cock and ball torture. Okay, cock and ball torture. But this is not it. for people who are trying to have kids, are they? Because this thing like it would you just can do that when you have kids. But think about it, because even outside of the, the, the DDSM world, when men are getting blowjobs, they like to have their balls tugged on. Some men, not all okay. men, but some men like that. Wow. Um, well, I have to tell you that, um, y- y'all may not know this, but we have a producer who does all the behind-the-scenes stuff, and he is just, like, giddy over all this stuff. It's like, no, this is his world. he knows what this stuff is. He's just like, oh, I got that one. And then I have Next. some leather gloves, because people do like the feel of leather, and so they like that that ear. Our guest last week would just probably be just delighted. Wait a minute, this is like OJ gloves. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably what, what they was doing. Nicole liked this leather. But see, the other side of this, like when I talked about impact play, one of my favorite things to do is to, to, to do uh, gut punching, which is when we talk about the pecs, with, with leather. Re- really? Yeah, because again, the sound and things like that. But you like that, right? I like that. Um, and here's the harness. Um... You know, you hear about harnesses and things like that. This is more, this is my, a play harness. Um, so when I'm having someone over and I'm playing, this is typically what I wear as opposed to a formal harness. And like, the harness is for what purpose? 
Just to pull on to decoration. Decoration. You know, if you have it on a boy, you can you can pull the boy around, mm -hmm. and if you're the sir, you know the boy can hang on to you while you're fucking him or doing whatever. Okay. So, okay, I'm even trying to figure out how you put that on. Sometimes they're complicated. Put it on him. Uh, you know, just kind of. <laughs> okay, he's giving us a demonstration. Put it on your head. Oh, okay. Now and this other strap comes around. Oh. And you hook it up here. And you're okay. gonna adjust them. Okay, oh, wow. I get nice. it. Now. Okay, so Daddy Ron oh, that is kind of okay. like that. Oh. Stuff. and then and people yeah. can pull you around, like well, they can pull me around. I can mm. pull the boy around, it's but okay. it, a lot of times it, it pulls your nipples up. I'm gonna say okay, so I can emphasize yes. the So you can the the nipple clamps that I was showing we, you before. We have to put that on. Wait on, a minute, on one where, of our, our our special research analysts. Where see how that works. The, where are the nipple? I think our analysts put them in their back pocket. Uh, mm. okay. Make sure you have all your stuff when you leave because people are trying yeah. to take this stuff. Well, you know, it is a dungeon in this studio. And well. that's, oh. <laughs> now, let me ask you. So, safe sex kit. Oh, wait, what's in okay. the safe sex kit? Condom I say condoms and lube. And lube. Condom and lube. Any magnums in here? Now, you can't get them with magnums. Oh, here's the other the other thing. Yeah, these, here's the nipple clamps. Oh, there's the nipple clamps. So we have some nipple clamps. They look like tweezers. No, they don't. I'm gonna tell you the truth. They do. They, like they look like something you put on a bat on a car battery. <laughs> oh, okay. Par, uh, car battery clamps. And there are people that do use those things on their nipples. These are small, but these wouldn't fit on me. But they might fit on our producer. And you all were talking about. Uh, you all were talking about. Uh, Is that a candle? Hot wax. Ooh, candles. So, now, do you use a certain kind of wax, or any kind of candle? Well, you want to use paraffin. Okay. Um, and they do have uh, paraffin kits that you can buy where you can just melt it down. But you typically want to use white candles, unscented candles, unscented okay. because candles. they burn cooler. Okay. okay. Now, experienced people will use. Think about the 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 color scale okay. when you have blue is cold mm -hmm. and red is hot right so if you use a red candle it, it's, it's gonna, gonna burn you really okay oh yeah yeah i mean that that there's a reason for that for that uh, the, the the color scale but you know you can you can regulate so what about this black? by how no oh, don't use a black candle okay um because it will burn okay that well Again, you can regulate it because the closer you have it to the body, it the hotter it's right. going to be. So oh if you want to raise it, but I did see that they do have like it's pretty far from the body. You so can by the time do it, it that get way. to you, yeah. and it so, instantly turns back to wax. And then if you don't want to buy this equipment, like with the no, you do not have no clothes liner. These are your mama's Ooh. old clothes pins. You can just use clothes pins. You can go to any <laughs> dollar any store, dollar store, and buy clothes. So pins. if you want a budget, you know, I was trying to figure these out why they still have nipples. a bunch of clothes pins, but now they use them for sex. And wow. you can, you can, and actually, you can put them on the skin. I like to run them up and down the shaft of the cock and put them on balls. You go oh, too much. Oh my goodness, that just hurts. Saying it. This is BDSM. Ooh. Well, but you know, and, and then when they get hard, you can pull them off. Oh and my then goodness. You just rub the person's cock. And you know, it, they they shake and they shimmer and they quiver and they calm. I'm crossing my legs right now. That just seems like that uh, hurt. Some people really get into this. This is could wow. be a sensation. Well, again, this is it, this is what kink and BDSM is all about. So and this is a part of it. So, Daddy Ron, tell us where we can find out more information. What organizations we could look up to find out more information about BDSM in the leather community. Well, in in the Cincinnati area, you can contact. Uh, me at Tri-State Leather, um, and my email address is, uh, what is my email address? TriStateProducer at gmail.com. Um, we are transitioning our website, so I want to give okay. you the website information yet, just because we're going to end up with a different... So give us that TriStateProducer at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Yes. TriStateProducer at gmail.com. And then we have Scorpius of Cincinnati. Scorpions? Um, Scorpius of Cincinnati. Scorpius. Scorpius of Cincinnati. Okay. Or actually, Scorpius of Southwest Ohio now. So, okay. Um, Scorpius. Of Southwest Ohio. Got it. Um, and they have a Facebook page, Scorpius of South, Southwest Ohio. Okay. And then we have another group in town, Cincinnati Leather. Um, and they are www.cincinnatileather.com, I think. Now, are these organizations that you're mentioning, are these predominantly black? Or are they just whatever? 
they are minimally black. Minimally, minimally black. black. Okay, now, so when you go to them, just know window, what you're getting into. There's another group that I want to tell you about is Onyx Great Lakes. Okay. We do Onyx, have, Great, Onyx Lakes. Great Lakes. Because Onyx has different chapters around the country. Okay. And two years ago, they opened an Onyx chapter in the Great Lakes region. So that's Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky, and Michigan's part of that. Um, and we do have people who are living in Cincinnati who are mm-hmm. part of that. Okay. And that's um, the leather community. And that's the leather black community. Black leather community. Black leather community. Got it. Um, and then we also have, we have Cincinnati Black Pearls, which is a, a pansexual group. Um, they have monthly munches, uh, meaning it's mixed, gay okay. and straight. Really? Oh. Um, so, and then there's a group in Indianapolis called Soul, which is another black pansexual group. Um, so more and more black people are coming into the community oh. and, and, and so there's form, hope for us yet and, and forming organizations that are centered around black folks and the, the, the issues and those types of things. And Onyx has been a real, uh, push behind that. Okay. And so, you know, you can contact Onyx, Onyx Great Lakes and I think it's onyxgreatlakes.org and they're, I want to say they're based on, they are actually based out of Cleveland. Okay. Um, but they do come to Cincinnati. We are, you know, we're, we're I call us kissing cousins. Um, we, we support one another. Um, and so, but then there's also the national uh, organization, Onyx, um, that was started by uh, Mufasa Ali. And you can contact them. Um, Mufasa? Mufasa. 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 Like Ali. the Lion King. As, like the Lion King. Oh, wow. And mm. that's his moniker. The circle of life. Yes, yes. Okay. Um, and so anybody, if you contacted them, they would be more than willing to talk to you about the different things and the different aspects of BDSM and being a person of color, African-American in the community. I want to thank you so much, um, Uncle Ron, for coming in and just enlightening us so on I this. Get, I, I don't get the moniker daddy yet. I have to work on that. I have to beat you some more. I'm Ooh. calling you daddy. Because all of you. this stuff that you got off this bag, I ain't trying, this, this is a, I'm scared, This yo. is a lot of stuff. <clears throat> I like the mask. The mask is cute. Be afraid. But this is our BDSM 102. Um, we got a lot of information today, and hopefully you have a resource to go to if you want to learn more about BDSM. Uncle Ron gave you all of the websites. Um, just... And and Cincinnati Leather, and we try to have leather um, events, excuse me, leather nights at least once a month. Um, And just look on Facebook, um, either Cincinnati or Tri-State Leather or Cincinnati Leather to look for our events and things like that. You know, we'll do them at the bars here. We'll go to Dayton. We've gone down to Louisville and Lexington. Onyx Great Lakes comes to town. Um, The Onyx Pearls have a... uh, a black owned play space so if you wanted to um, use that for experimenting um, you're going to look up uh, it's called Dungeon Space uh, D-U-N-J-I-N-N um, and the person that you would want to contact about that his name is Sir Silverback Goldstein Sr. Oh jeez. Say that again. Sir Silverback Goldstein Sr. Okay. And he's on Facebook. Alright. Now um, we're gonna wrap up, but we just want to give you um, um, some information that we're coming back with this subject in our third segment of this um, coming up in the near future, and we're gonna actually go visit a demonstration. So we're gonna be enlightened a little bit more, and then we're gonna tell you firsthand about what we've seen and and all that because we can't wait. But till then, this is Filter No Filter Brothers. This is AJ, and this is Bryce. Till next time, peace out. Thanks for listening. You can always find us on Instagram, Spotify, and Anchor at Filter No Filter Brothers. Also on Facebook at AJ and Bryce Filter No Filter Brothers. And if you'd like to email us, we have ajandbryce51 at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you soon.